0: So we're picking up with uh, 2 Timothy, where we left off a couple of weeks ago, and you may remember that uh, Timothy, uh, or rather Paul, wrote this to Timothy. He wrote, those who cleanse themselves will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Uh, So it seems that our usefulness to God depends on whether or not we cleanse ourselves. Uh, But what does that even mean? How do we go about cleansing ourselves? I mean, I'm pretty sure that Paul doesn't intend us to go on some kind of detox diet. Um, he, we're not being encouraged to drink lots of blended vegetables. Uh, nor are we, or, or if Paul's suggesting, uh, that we go and get a facial. Sorry, ladies. Um, you know, using the latest facial cleanser. Uh, but if we use a word like cleanse in Australia today, those are the kind of things uh, that people will think of. A cleanse simply means to clean Uh, But it's not referring to our physical bodies inside or outside. When Paul uses the word cleanse, he's talking about who we are and who we're becoming. And this is really important because if we want to see God working powerfully in our lives and in the life of this church, uh, we need to cleanse ourselves. But how? Uh, How uh, do we do that? What do we have to do? Uh, Well, in verse 22, Paul says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So we see uh, that there's a negative and a positive action that is required of us. Uh, we're to flee, to run away. That's a negative, uh, but it doesn't stop there because we're also uh, to pursue, to run after. Uh, that is the positive. We're to flee and pursue. Negative, positive. So we're going to look at each of those things in turn. What are we to flee from, and how? And what ought we to pursue, and how? So firstly, what are we to flee from? Well, it says here that we're to flee from the evil desires of youth. Uh, Often, when we hear the word evil, we uh, we think of the likes of Adolf Hitler or Chairman Mao, uh, but we need to understand that we are all capable of evil desires. In fact, anything that we desire that is outside of the will of God, is by definition evil. You might say, yeah, well, Paul's talking about the the evil desires of youth, and uh, I don't fall into that category anymore. I'm not a youth. Uh, Well, to start with, uh, an educated guess would probably put Timothy uh, in his early to mid-30s. But the fact is there are plenty of people who grow older in years, but they don't grow any uh, wiser or godlier. When I was in the Marines, I observed what I called Peter Pan syndrome, uh, which is where you have men in their 30s and 40s still behaving like wayward teenagers. uh, And it's not a pretty sight. Uh, But as Christians, we're aiming uh, for steady, consistent growth in maturity, in wisdom, in godliness. So about grey hairs, Remind us that we're not youth anymore. And I had a haircut yesterday and I saw a surprising number of grey hairs in my lap. Uh, If that's the same for you, uh, well then, uh, even more reason, even more incentive to flee uh, the evil desires of youth. When we talk about the evil desires of youth, I think many people think specifically of sexual lust. But uh, the reality is Paul could have had any number of desires in mind. Self-assertion. Self-indulgence, arrogance, selfish ambition. I I, I don't know about you, but when I reached 20, I thought I was worldly wise. I I thought I knew it all. I didn't want to take advice off anyone, especially not my parents. Uh, And and it can be sometimes a trait of of youth that the dangers of certain ways of thinking, uh, certain attitudes and behaviors, sometimes those dangers just aren't seen. But we're being told to flee to run away. And we flee from things that are dangerous. Just before we came to Australia, uh, Tissa was avidly watching a series called 72 Dangerous Animals Australia. Uh, Yeah, I did advise against it, but we're still here. Ten episodes. Uh, She watched them all through twice. Uh, Tissa is now well aware of uh, 72 creatures that she needs to flee from if ever she encounters them. Uh, And we need to be taught to recognize the dangers of our evil desires uh, because sometimes they can seem fairly innocuous. Pride is not as obviously dangerous as swimming in a crocodile-infested river. Uh, But in fact, it can be even more dangerous because pride can prevent us from surrendering our lives to Jesus and entering into that life-giving relationship that he offers. And if we want a fuller list of evil desires and their fruit, where where they can lead us to, uh, then we don't have to look any further than the beginning of chapter 3. Paul says, in the last days, and by last days he means the time between Jesus' resurrection And Jesus' second coming. In other words, now. Not some unspecified time in the future. Uh, He says, in the last days, the time that we're now living in, people will be lovers of themselves. Vain. Selfies are okay, but not if we're obsessed with taking them. And many people are. Uh, He said people will be lovers of money. For many in this part of the world, uh, their whole identity is based around what they can afford to buy. He said, people will be boastful. I was challenged here in terms of the, the, what I'm putting on Facebook, you know, all my holiday snaps and everything. Else. I started to think, why am I putting these up here? Am I, am I just wanting to, to boast, to show off? I really had to think uh, hard about that. I was challenged. He said, people will be proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. That includes gossip, uh, talking about someone negatively behind their backs. And the list goes on. And it's not even a comprehensive list. Australia might have 72 dangerous animals, but we could quite easily come up with a list of 72 dangerous desires. And we're to flee them. And this is where we get into problems, because uh, so often we don't flee them. When it comes to our evil desires, often we can be uh, like a little boy poking a, a venomous snake with a stick uh, all too often, uh, we, uh, we, we see the warning signs, we see the danger, but we don't heed it. The moment we recognize that there's a danger, the moment we become aware of a thought process, a desire that's starting to lead us down the wrong path, we need to run. We need to run. I think of Joseph fleeing from Potiphar's wife. He, he didn't stop for his cloak, he ran out of the door, and he kept on running. Fleeing means making a resolute decision to leave something behind fast. We're not talking about a lacklustre amble, a casual stroll with the odd glance back across our shoulders. Uh, If you were fleeing from a shark or a crocodile, you would not be half-hearted. You'd be fully committed. And distancing ourselves from our evil desires requires our full commitment. If only we could cleanse ourselves by drinking a few ven- uh, blended vegetables. That would be so much easier, wouldn't it? It's not, uh, it's not that easy. But running away from the danger, fleeing from our evil desires, is only half the solution. The other half is to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And that's what we're going to look at now. Now, I'm sure you've all seen the cartoon Scooby-Doo where Scooby, who's a, a a dog, I shouldn't really need to clarify that, but you never know, Scooby uh, and a group of young people uh, go around solving creepy mysteries uh, to do with werewolves and monsters and the like. And most of the episode is normally Scooby and his owner Shaggy running away from uh, a mummy or a ghost or whatever it is, they'll be running around, around some haunted house. Uh, so they're running away. The problem is they don't know where they're running. So they end up running around in circles and they keep bumping back into whatever it is that they're trying to run away from. And the point is, and if you introduce Scooby-Doo in a sermon, you better have a good point. The point is that we can only flee effectively. We can only flee properly if we know what direction we have to run. And that's why we don't just flee our evil desires. We pursue righteousness, faith love and peace. It's like those things give us a safe direction to run in, a direction that will enable us to leave our evil desires behind, a a direction that will enable us to escape from our evil desires. And it kind of makes sense because anything uh, that we resolve to do uh, requires a a negative and positive action. So let's say we we decide that we're going to run a marathon. Uh, Well, the first step might be... uh, give up smoking. You know, that, that is fleeing something positive, uh, something negative. Uh, we know that all the while we smoke, we're unlikely to be able to run a marathon. Uh, but giving up smoking itself uh, may not be enough to enable us to run a marathon. We've then, got to, uh, we've then got to train, we've got to put in the miles, we've got to eat well, we've got to get plenty of rest. That would be pursuing something positive. And the more we pursue the positive, the further we get from the negative in this, this this case the fitter and healthier we become the less likely it is that we're going to go back to smoking and it's the same with our evil desires let let's say uh, we've got an unhealthy attitude uh, to money we we desire to get rich for purely selfish reasons you know maybe we're a bit you know, sort of greedy miserly and we come to the point of recognizing that and wanting to do something about it and and that happens now and again doesn't it god will put his finger on something in our lives And we know that we've got to change. We know we've got to do something about it. Well, it would be one thing to resist the desire to get rich, to flee from that desire. You know, okay, uh, I'm I'm daydreaming about money. I don't want to go down that route. I've got to change the subject. Lord, help me uh, to be less greedy. I mean, that's okay. But if that's all we do, then we're like Scooby-Doo, running away, but we keep uh, uh, running back into the same spectre because we don't know where we have to run. If we're to break free from evil desires, we need a direction. We need a goal. We need something to pursue. So in this case, uh, the thing to pursue would be generosity. Nothing deals with greed like generosity. You can't be greedy and generous at the same time. When Jesus encountered a rich young man, he told him to go and sell everything he had and give the money to the poor. Uh, Jesus saw that the man's desire for wealth, his desire to accumulate wealth, to hold on to wealth, uh, was all-consuming. It was the most important thing to him. Jesus diagnosed the evil desire of his heart, and Jesus gave him the antidote. You can't give everything you have to the poor and remain greedy. It's just not possible. Uh, And we know that our beliefs affect our actions, We know that our beliefs affect our actions, but we also need to understand that our actions affect our beliefs. Being generous would have changed that young man's perspective. Being generous would have debunked his belief that money is all important. This isn't just about greed and generosity. That's an example. This is about fleeing evil desires in general and pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So if we want to flee from dishonesty, we need to pursue honesty. If we want to flee from lust, we need to pursue self-control. If we want to flee from pride, we need to pursue humility. If we want to uh, flee from bitterness, we have to pursue forgiveness, and so on, and so on. So how do we pursue those things? Uh, Well, the simple answer is that we practice them. In the passage that we're looking at today, Paul gives Timothy some very practical advice about how to deal with a fairly specific situation. Timothy had to deal with a group of men who were opposing his teaching. And Paul effectively tells him how he can practice righteousness, faith, love, and peace in this particular situation. The Message Translation puts it quite well. It says, refuse to get involved in insane discussions, they always end up in fights. God's servant must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool, working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. But behaving that way, responding uh, like that, didn't necessarily come naturally to Timothy. Uh, Working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. Reading that as a parent, I thought, no, that definitely doesn't always come naturally to me. Uh, But if uh, righteousness, faith, love and peace came naturally, if they just dropped in our lap whenever we needed them, we wouldn't need to practice them. We wouldn't need to pursue them. Think of a child who's learning to play the piano. Uh, Unless they're Mozart, they don't just sit down first, go and start playing. In fact, I doubt Mozart even did that. They have to practice. They have to pursue the art of playing the piano. Now, I've never learned uh, to play an instrument. I would struggle with a the, with the triangle. But I bet anyone who has will tell you uh, that sometimes it's easy to sit down and practice. Other times, it's the last thing that you want to do. Sometimes it comes naturally. Other times, it doesn't. But with practice comes greater proficiency. Eventually, you realize that you can play certain tunes and you don't have to think too hard about it. And so it is as we pursue, as we practice. Righteousness, faith, love and peace. The more we practice, the more proficient we become. Take love, for example. We could read books on how to be more loving. We could go to lectures and seminars about how to love people more. We could listen to sermons. We could go on courses. We could pray. We could ask God to make us more loving. But ultimately, we will only become more loving if we pursue love. If we practice love, whether we feel like it or not. C.S. Lewis wrote, Don't bother about whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. And in so doing, you will find that you presently come to love him. So pursue love. Pursue righteousness, a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Pursue faith. If a person believes that there is nothing beyond this life... It will radically change the way that they live. You know, the whole eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Uh, But as Christians, that's not what we believe. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, we believe in a bodily resurrection. This is really good news. This is so exciting because it means whatever stage of life we are at, the best is always yet to come. Pursuing faith means that we can loosen our grasp on this world because uh, we know that we're made for another, a renewed and restored world. Pursue peace. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Pursuing peace might mean making a phone call today and saying, I'm sorry, or I forgive you. We'll take a closer look at those things another time. But do you see how our evil desires are completely incompatible with holiness. The the further we get towards one, the further we get from the other, and vice versa, it goes in both directions. So let us flee from the evil desires of youth, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. That by your Holy Spirit, you want to change and transform us. You want to make us more like your son, Jesus. But Father, we pray that we can be realistic and know that uh, prayer is not a magic wand and that we, uh, we need to put effort in to practicing righteousness, faith, love and peace. Help us to find the motivation, the incentive, the desire, the will uh, to do what is most pleasing to you in our lives, and we pray that as we move forwards, increasingly we can distance ourselves from the evil desires of youth, the, the evil desires of our past, and move uh, towards towards you. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.